Bradwell Garananga, thank you very much indeed for talking to the implications of regional climate variability on water resources in Africa podcast series today. Just tell us a little bit about the 15 countries you've been studying in Africa in terms of water resources. Well, I think uh, uh, virtually all the countries uh, do have their um, socioeconomic activities pinned by agricultural production, which is rain-fed. So really, it's, it's, it's issues of water availability and its, variabil- uh, its variation in space and time is quite important in the region. Uh, because we have had cases where there's uh, too little of the water or too much of it. And uh, it, those uh, extremes wreak havoc in, in most of the countries in the sub-region. And what's your most recent study has been about? Well, basically we've been looking at uh, uh, the climate uh, trends in, in terms actually of rainfall. So we're actually doing it on a, on a, I can say, on a, on a continuing basis, on a monitoring basis, season in, season out. So we, what we do is we, we, pro, we look at the rainfall and make projections of rainfall for the season by way of uh, forecasting. So what has actually been happening is that um, uh, most of the region has experienced uh, in the last several years, uh, I think, a diminution of, 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 of water in terms of the rivers have, have shrunk, I mean, they've gone drier most of the time. But as I said, occasionally there are these spurts of flooding that are caused in the region by tropical cyclones, etc. Now, can you categorically say that those drought situations that you've been looking at are due to climate change and climate variability? In fact, yes, I mean, really by its definition, I mean, Climate variability is, is going to show all the extremes in the climate. Uh, that is uh, overabundance of water one time and uh, a diminution of it on the other times. But what's been really happening now, I think, is those extremes have become uh, more amplified and more frequent. So we could attribute to some extent that to. To, to, to trends in, in the climatic uh, changes that uh, are now quite topical across the whole, the whole world. So there is, I think, in a way, evidence of the impacts of climate change, if you, if you will, uh, in the region. But of course, even by just variation itself, it does have, uh, I mean, natural variation can also you know, show all those extremes as well. Now, we've got a lot of people gathered here at Cambridge University for three days. They're doing a lot of different research in different countries in Africa. Now, how do we know that actually those surveys, that research, will actually have applications in the future? Do you think that we can say that as a result of knowing that there's seasonal variations, the seasonal variations are getting greater because of climate change, that we can actually adapt well, I think those surveys are a good starting point. We Once we get the information, the knowledge base, if it improves, I think eventually it, it will filter into the policy formulations. And uh, then those, when those policies are informed uh, by science, I think they are bound to then be more robust. So really this is a whole process. 
it may not happen overnight. Certainly there are many other challenges that are uh, uh, competing for resources and attention in Africa, but I'm sure uh, over time we'll have a situation where really this meeting can be uh, a good starting point or a part of a process that will lead to appropriate policy formulations in order that people uh, will adapt better uh, to climatic changes. Now, you say you work in 15 different countries in Africa, but, but do you think we can have national policies, regional por- policies, or are the solutions particularly local? Does it depend on what local people are doing to adapt and change to climate change? Well, I think in the final analysis, the adaptation is done at local level. However, I think you need to have like sort of an envelope in which you are operating. So the guidelines really <coughs> could be coming from a regional uh, uh, perspective, a national perspective, just so that everybody has an understanding of what they're supposed to do, or how they fit in the scheme of things. So I think regional approach is a good starting point. But, of course, that is as, as long as they eventually filter into making a difference uh, to the person on the ground. Would it be a problem to get people to work together in communities? Communities may be very factionalised, they may be very small groups of, of people. What, what do you think the major problems will be in the future? Well, I, I really do not think that uh, the, the people are that fragmented. I think from a cultural point of view, really, at least from the region I'm coming from, people are very uh, cooperative in, in many cases. In fact, there are traditions have uh, demonstrated over time and even up to now that uh, at the rural level, at least, people are cooperating all the time. So I do not see any conflict at, at all uh, as these uh, approaches are you know, applied across the region. Now, we've talked a lot about the, the climate variations, whether it's drought or flooding in Africa. But why Africa? Why is Africa subject to these type of problems now? Uh, it's probably not a very easy question, but I think what, what, what perhaps these things are happening in other parts of the world as well. That, but I think it's the, the level of economic activity also then explains you know, how vulnerable we can be in Africa. Because I think we sit over many resources, yes, but sometimes it's perhaps a question of how the economies have to run efficiently and how, you know, the trade terms and so on should be such that they allow Africa to, 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 to leverage something so that I think they are able to then... Uh, cushion themselves using their own means against the, the vagaries of climate and weather. So it's just the vastness, really, of Africa and, and what it embraces and the state of change it's at as well. Oh, in a, well, yes, yes and no. It's, 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 it's a vast continent, true. It has got its peculiarities, uh, even filtering through to the country level. But I think there is also a common thread around it, uh, which is that... Uh, the economic activity has to really move up several gears in order that uh, they all benefit from the new technologies, etc. I know you've got to get back to the conference and we can hear uh, everybody talking around us. 
Are you optimistic or pessimistic about finding solutions in the, in the future? We've got a lot of, as I say, country-based research data, needs to improve data, needs to collect historical data. But, but, but will all of this help in time? Yes, actually, it will help. I'm, I'm not one person who is a, a pessimist at all. I'm actually optimistic, but not in an I'm unduly so. I mean, I'm, I think I'm realistic, yes. It will take time, but I'm sure we'll get there in Africa. There will be, uh, I think, a situation in where we are able to take advantage and actually operationalize some of the tools that... Uh, this type of forum provides in the end. So I think it would be much better off uh, as a result of these initiatives uh, at some future uh, time. Like like the conference today. But just one final uh, question, Dr. Garaganga. Um, One story that's given you hope, if you're an optimist, and we talk today about the power of story, in fact people have been talking about it here, is there one thing that you've observed happening in the communities you visit that you think, yes, that's change, that's adaptation, and it will help us cope with climate change? Well, as it is now, I think in the past people didn't pay a lot of attention to uh, climatic information. It was more like an academic... uh, process in play from their point of view. But now interacting with various member states in the Saudi community they are really prioritizing climate information, climate service. So to me that's really something that is already going on. That's, that's the change that is already there that we are mainstreaming very broadly climate service in the development patterns and at, at, at rural level, that is happening. So I think it's already a, a positive. So, so your story is about doors opening to you, that people are opening up and, and they're inviting you in and, and they're mainstreaming the work that you they're do. Using, they're, yes, they're actually using the information in order that uh, they make strategic decisions uh, on how they are planning their activities, agricultural activities or water resource management, etc., etc. They are really using that information. So we, I think, quite pleased from a climate uh, community point of view that at least there's a major difference from 10 years ago on, you know, how information is now being, you know, the uptake of information of climate by the user communities is, is, is quite uh, high now. Dr. Bradwell Garaganga, we'll let you get back uh, to the conference. That is indeed a story of hope. Thank you very much indeed for talking to me for the the implications of regional climate variability on water resources in Africa podcast series today. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure.